This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our Periscope episode of the PT Powerhouse podcast. Woo! Get hype. <laughs> How's everyone doing? I'll, we'll wait here a, a few minutes for everyone to get in. And then uh, if you have questions, throw them out. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to jump into the schedule. We have Ryan Blevins, one of our writers as well here. And to join us, um, <laughs> it should be, it should be a lot of fun. Um, so again, we'll, we'll start it up here in a minute or two. Once, once some people jump in here and, uh, have some fun, have some fun. Um, jump big 10, big 10 hoops, big 10 scheduling. And, uh, the fun of college college hoops and hey maybe we'll get some college football in here we'll have to see um <laughs> you may notice my epic banner behind me uh picked that up at chrysler a couple of years ago yeah 2014 so starting to get dated starting to get dated but uh you know always fun um but like i said we'll start in a minute or two here on the uh the periscope um if you have questions throw them in the periscope here we'll try to answer them um if they're funny, then we'll like you even more and put, put several others. Sorry, my hair's kind of messed up here. Just got done working out, so kind of a mess. But uh, um, still fun, still fun. But all right, so we got we got some people rolling in here. Um, we'll we'll jump right into it. So I'm Thomas Bendit, I'm manager, uh, editor in chief, whatever whatever you want to call me uh, for BT SB Nation's BT Powerhouse. Um, we cover Big Ten basketball. Um, for the SB Nation family, whatever you want to call us, the networks. Um, big, big news today on the Big Ten front. Official 2016-17 Big Ten schedule has been released. Uh, tons of fun. We don't have the game times yet, unfortunately. Still waiting on those, but we do have the dates and the big matchups, uh, which, you know, I know everybody's focused on college football, but at least, you know, there's, there's some of us diehards for college basketball still. Um, and you can be excited for both. That's the beauty. But joining me tonight on uh, – we got him here by phone uh, is Ryan Blevins, one of our writers at BT Powerhouse, to help me break, break down the announcement, break down what's going on. Uh, Ryan, how's it going? Uh, not bad, Tom. How are you? Doing well. Um, can everybody hear him? If if nobody can hear him, someone someone comment in the periscope. If not, otherwise I'm going to assume. I would, I would hate to talk for nothing just for you guys, just to hear <laughs> myself talk. That would, that would suck. Definitely, definitely. But uh, it looks like we don't have any comments on that, so I'm just going to assume everything's good. Um, but uh, yeah, so all right, let, let's start with start with big takeaways. Um, what what are your biggest takeaways, Ryan, from the Big Ten release here? Um, well, uh, we got big 10 basketball schedules, which is exciting, but we, the big, the biggest takeaway from it is that it seems like there's far and away easy schedule. And I think that's mostly a testament to, 
um, how tough the conference is going to be this year. Uh, it, it is conference schedules, right? So everybody has to play everybody. And there's, I mean, the Big Ten is one of the premier conferences. So there's, nobody's really going to have a, a cakewalk. There are some real tough schedules. Um, and amongst the teams are some easier schedules too. But there's, no, no, nobody can really say that they, you know, they're, you know, there's no, there's no, at first glance, there's no team that you're going to look at and say, you know, that's an undefeated conference schedule or that's a two loss or a three loss conference schedule. You know, there are tough teams in this conference and, uh, you know, it, it, it'll, it'll shape up to be, uh, you know, regardless of how the games, uh, how the games shaked out the, we, we knew all along that it was going to be an exciting conference schedule time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. You know, I, I don't think there's any denying the big 10. Um, I don't know if it's what it was three, four years ago. Um, you know, in that, what was it? 2012 through 2014 period. It was just unbelievably good. Probably the best it's ever been. I know some of the old timers won't like to hear that, but uh, it was stacked, you know, from top to bottom, you know, you have bottom teams that were even, you know, like Penn state, the one year Michigan made the final four beat Michigan. So yeah. arguably the worst team in the league that year beat a Final Four team. So that that's not something you see very often. But um, the thing – my first instinct was, you know, first off, you know, difficult schedule. But uh, I kind of – you kind of are noticing a split in the conference, I feel like, where, you know, maybe the conference away team like Wisconsin that where it had a couple of years ago. But I feel like it has this top group. And then it has this group that's like a significant drop off underneath it. And what I'm talking about is, you know, obviously, you know, Wisconsin, Indiana, Michigan State, um, I'm sure I'm forgetting, Purdue, uh, they're all looking like legitimate contenders. They can win the Big Ten. Um, but then your, your next group, they're all a little bit weaker, but almost all of them had great coaches. You know, Iowa, Michigan with John Beeline, Maryland, you know, with Mark Turgeon. So you have great proven coaches in teams. Um, you know, you know, if if you're a so-so team, it's going to be harder to beat those teams because you're assuming they're going to be coached up. They're going to be playing well when you have to face them. Uh, so it's, I think it, this is an exceptionally tough year for the bottom teams, or at least what we perceive to be the bottom teams. Obviously, you never know how things are going to turn out, but um, that that was my. Protection, I would say, but moving on from that, um, there were three big things that popped up for me. Uh, I'm sure as we get into this, and especially once the game times emerge, because you know, as any fan who goes to the Big Ten game, playing someone on the road at 9 p.m., it's a lot different than playing them, you know, Sunday afternoon at noon. Um, but uh, so we'll have to wait on that, but I but I think the the big three things for me is you know, first off the big you know the big criticism last year uh, scheduling wise was Indiana you know they won the Big Ten title personally I I think the schedule criticisms were very legitimate for the first month month and a half after that they had played enough good teams that I think it kind of lost its merit but you know starting off. Uh, they had, you know, they had legitimate uh, criticisms on their schedule. It was weak. They didn't play a lot of the top te teams. But this year, I think it's going to be strong um, and certainly more difficult than it was last year. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of interested to see that. You know, they start off with uh, three home games, but one of them is Wisconsin. Then they travel to Maryland. 
Uh, you know, they're playing Michigan State at home. You know, in this first group, they're playing like half of the top teams. Uh, and then they close out on the road, you know, uh, at Purdue um, and then at Ohio State, which clearly are not easy games. And at Iowa is two games before that. So I think that that was the first thing that popped up to me. I think um, on the flip side, I think Maryland got a pretty good draw. Um, you kind of saw that coming with the teams they were facing, but I, I think their draw is pretty easy. And then, the, you know, personally hit, hitting close to home, uh, Michigan got a brutal, brutal draw in the middle of the season. So uh, those are the things that popped out to me. Um, anything pop out to you, Ryan? Uh, yeah, first, the, the last thing you hit on for sure was that, that mid-January to mid-February, like, month stretch from Michigan where they're facing uh, Wisconsin, Indiana, Michigan State, Ohio State. I mean, they literally have a period um, where they're going to face, in the span of 10 days, they're going to face, uh, they're going to go to East Lansing, and then they're going to have Ohio State in Ann Arbor, and then uh, Michigan State again in Ann Arbor. So they're, they're going to face their two biggest rivals uh, three times in the span of 10 days. And, and not only are they their, their biggest rivals, but they're also – going to be uh, obviously Michigan State more, but they're 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 all going to be, or both are going to be tough teams. So that's a that's a brutal stretch. But also looking at one of the uh, one of the the weaker teams in the in the conference. But uh, looking at Rutgers' schedule, they get off to a a, a tough start also. And uh, you know they, they they have a first year head coach, but four three of his first four games are going to be at Wisconsin and at Iowa. So definitely. Um, for somebody who's trying to make an impression and for a team that went, they only won one game in the Big Ten last year uh, and a team that, you know, is going to look to be uh, on the up and up and, and have some pieces. Obviously, nobody is projecting them to finish in the top tier of the Big Ten, but, you know, to, to potentially looking at, you know, three to four four losses within your first four games is, uh, so that's a rough way to get started for your Big Ten schedule. Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, you know, I hate, I feel like on this, on our podcast, um, on Periscope generally, I'm very, very rough on Rutgers. Um, I've been a little optimistic lately. I, I think Steve Peekle's doing a good job of recruiting talent. I think he's doing a good job of finding pieces on short notice to try to get things working. Um, you know, easier said than done. We'll see, we'll see how it kind of works out over time. But I, I think, uh, you know, this, this is going to be a tough year. I, I guess to, beating around the bush, it's going to be a tough year. <laughs> and frankly, they're going to be lucky to get, you know, four wins in the Big Ten, to be honest. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to get there. But, you know, with that, I think, uh, you know, starting off on this kind of trail, the, they're in the kind of position where these things can build on themselves. They can really spin out of control. Um, you see it a lot of times. I, I buy into the narratives, buy into the garbage about you know, uh, <laughs> it, you know, oh that you know this team isn't trying hard or something like that. Because I think we as fans, we as viewers, you know, us in the media, you really don't know what's going on in their heads. But this is a thing where you know, if you're Rutgers, the players have been beaten down. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say they're not going to try or anything like that. You know, they've been beaten down that bad. But these are players where they the only thing they've known at Rutgers so far has been defeat. And I think uh, that sounds rough, 
But the thing is, is you don't want to get started off to a bad start and then buy into that, you know, that learned helplessness, so to speak, whatever you want to call it, and kind of let it roll out of control. But either way, you know, whether they got an easy start or a rough start, I think they were in trouble either way. Um, But definitely do not like to see that. Um, But, yeah, you know, on on a similar note, there was another team that I thought had as well had a very difficult start, and that is Minnesota. Um, the Gophers not getting a lot of attention here leading up to the season, but very, very important year for Richard Pitino. Um, I don't think it's a bold accusation at all to say if he doesn't do well or at least they don't improve significantly, you might be out the door. And they start off with, I'm just going to go through their first five games here of conference play. Michigan State at home, at Purdue, at Northwestern, Ohio State at home, at Michigan State. I'm going to be honest, I don't know if any of those are wins. Like, if they come out of those at one and four, that will be an achievement. And I know Northwestern's not necessarily great. I know Minnesota can play well at the barn when they're up. And, you know, Ohio State, for instance, you know, getting Ohio State at home, they can win that game. But, you know, three out of five road games, three against legitimate Big Ten title contenders – um, that's going to be a tough draw. And, I mean, if you even go a little bit beyond that, I don't want to go to you know, rattle off their entire schedule. But after that Michigan State road game, they go on the road to Penn State, face Wisconsin, on the road to Ohio State, and then Maryland at home. They very well – let's see, what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So nine – their first half of the Big Ten schedule, I'm not sure if any game there – is even close to a lock. Um, am I am I going out on a limb here, or uh, do you agree with that, or or am I just well, getting a little carried well, away? Well, just keep going on. Just one more game down. You had uh, they got to go to Illinois, and Illinois is not going to be a pushover either. So if you want to make it an even 10, 10 games there uh, to start their season, um, mm-hmm. there's not uh, there's not a for sure win. Like there's there's not a game you're going to say like. Minnesota is, you know, there might even be a game where they go in favored, sure, but of those 10 games, what are they going to go into the game's favorite? Two, maybe three of them. Um, so this is a situation where if you just even, we'll start with that five-game stretch you said. Um, you hit the nail right on the head when you said that uh, oh is on the hot seat. Uh, that's no secret. Um, obviously, he has, you know, he's always living in the shadow of his father and whatnot, but just besides that, he really hasn't got this Minnesota program rolling yet. Uh, per se, like like they had expected to, and this is a situation. Um, and, and tell me if, if you if you're in line here, but uh, with my with my thought with with my line of thinking, sorry, but uh, this could be a situation where if he starts the the season six in in the Big Ten, um, could this be could this be a situation where um, an interim head coach and, and Patino will be gone before season's end and before even um, the Big Ten tournament? Because like you said. Um, their best case scenario, their ceiling for those first five games is two and five. Uh, in reality, it's like that's that, that that's oh, their sure. ceiling, <laughs> absolute ceiling, right? So, yeah, yeah, I, I I think I get your point here. Sorry, you're you're cutting in and out. I don't know if it's your computer or my computer here. Um, but yeah, you know the the first concept is about Minnesota potentially grabbing an interim coach if things do sort of spin out of control, which. I don't think it's that unreasonable. You know, we just went through, um, I think we're both in agreement here that 
you're talking about three to four wins through the first 10 if you're performing like that. That's a really good scenario for Minnesota. And I think Minnesota's going to improve a lot. I really do. You know, Keen Springs is a huge addition. Um, they've added a lot of talent. The recruiting class is great this year. But the thing is, is there's also, you know, other teams have added pieces too. That's the one thing I think a lot of times fans forget is, you know, everybody's trying to win. It's not just you and everyone getting worse, which is a topic for a different day, so I won't get into that. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think Minnesota's in a situation where they're going to let Patino go like that. I, I think it's very, very rare in basketball that you do get an interim coach, and I think things really have to melt down um, for that to happen. I don't think things would get that bad in this case, um, but uh, I definitely, you know, I, I think you will get the hint very strongly, um, you know, five, six games in a Big Ten play if things are kind of spinning out of control, if uh, Minnesota's AD and so on are, are starting to move forward. But, uh, you know, for Minnesota's fans' sake, I, I hope that doesn't happen. Um, hopefully they can turn it around, but... Uh, you know, things things not looking super bright right now, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, the other the other team I wanted to hit on, and I, and I feel like we have to hit on, um, is the other coach who is on – well, I guess there, there are a couple who could arguably be on, but the other coach who's very legitimately on the hot seat, that's John Gross at Illinois. Um, Illinois has a I, – I would say a fair schedule. I don't know. I don't feel like it goes super one way or the other. I feel, you know – they open up here, – here's a, here's a couple of their first games. Um, three of their first five games are at home. I think, you know, usually five games is kind of a good uh, measuring point for the start of conference play. They start at Maryland, which is going to be a very tough game, um, home against Ohio State, on the road at Indiana, which is going to be a brutally tough game, um, and then Michigan-Maryland at home, which uh, there's a lot of these. That's one thing I've, I've noticed about the schedule, too. It seems like a lot of the teams are playing, like, back-to-backs against the same teams in a couple, like a week or two, which I don't know, whatever your opinion is on that. I'm not a big fan of it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, none of, none of those games, I, I think Michigan at home will certainly most likely be a win. Um, or certainly they would at least, you would assume they'd split against Michigan and Ohio State and win at least one at home, if not both. Um, I, I think out of that, that situation, they could get off to a decent, you could, Honestly, see four and one. Uh, well, maybe not four and one. Three and two out of there. Uh, I well, maybe four and one if Maryland kind of struggles. Sorry, I'm going back and forth here. But <laughs> I, I think uh, I think the only one of those first five games that are you know very very likely lost is on the road in Indiana. But outside of that, you know, Illinois could get off to a four and one start. They have a pretty manageable non conference slate. Um, and we talked a lot about the recruiting class. I, I think. If there's any doubt, fans and the athletic department are going to give John Gross the benefit of the doubt. You don't want to lose that 2017 recruiting class. It looks excellent. Um, and when you add it with the pieces that should be back for 2017-18, um, Illinois looks pretty good uh, where they're sitting. Um, are you are – you, you agree with me or, or do you have some different thoughts on their schedule here? No, I, I, I'm, I'm right on board with, uh, with where you're at. The, on the surface, it definitely doesn't look um, it doesn't look favorable just at, just at a first glance. So you have to play Maryland twice. Um, you have to play Michigan, but you get, you get them at home, and then you have to play one of the 
um, one of the best teams in the conference in Indiana. So, so on the surface, those are five teams. Um, it's not like you're getting a Rutgers or a Northwestern. Like there, there's really nothing where you where you can kind of take a step back and say that this is a, a, a for sure winnable game. But then you look at the unknowns. Like we 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 don't know what Maryland will be. I mean, we know they'll have Melo Mel Trimble, but ab- after that, um, there's a lot of question marks on that team. So uh, really, if you look at those first five games. Um, Maryland will, I think Maryland will dictate a lot, uh, about how, how that, how that plays out because if they, if they're a lot different, uh, if their season, their season can go a lot differently, let's just say, um, than, than many of us might think if they, if Illinois comes out and wins those both and, and Maryland loses them. So, you know, th- those could be just as easy as those could be two losses for Illinois. Those could just as easily be two wins for Illinois. You really don't know how that plays out. Uh, and then they have to play two of those, like you mentioned before, two of those second-tier uh, teams there with Michigan and Ohio State, uh, teams that are like not the slouches, but they're not um, the Indianas. So, you know, it, they're, they're kind of sandwiched in there between, between that Indiana game, which you can almost – you could almost chalk up as a loss. But then again, Indiana, it's tough to see them going undefeated, so you never know what might happen. So um, for, for Illinois to, to get out to, to a, a hot start – and playing a lot at home uh, at the start of their schedule, um, it'll definitely be big, big for them. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it, to me, what's just so key about it is, uh, you know, you, you see it with a lot of teams. And, again, I don't want to go on my rant about mental toughness or, you know, mental teams mentally breaking and so on. But it's real. You know, the real people, you know, sometimes teams just don't have that extra edge. And a lot of times it's because – you know, they get hit with adversity, they fail, and it's tough to pick yourself back up after that. And I think, uh, you know, for for a team where the coach is so legitimately on the hot seat, they've they've regressed over the last couple of years. You know, this is a huge season. They have to get out to a fast start, and they have to continue in and close. And the one thing for, for Illinois is that based on the latter half of the schedule, if they can get out to any decent start, they can pull off some wins and you know, upset here or there. You know, for instance, Maryland at home, like that's a game you got to win. You know, Maryland should take a big step back this year or at least a, you know, a noticeable step back. That's a game you got to win. You got to win games like that. Um, you got to pick up a road win at a place like Michigan. At, uh, you know, they play Penn State twice. You got to win those two games. You got you to gotta win games like that. Um, but if you look at their last – what is this? Five or six? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. The last eight games of Illinois' conference schedule. Um, really, I mean, a road game at Northwestern outside of outside of a trip to Iowa City, which should be difficult, assuming Iowa doesn't have a massive drop off this year. Uh, you know, they get Michigan State, which is going to be very difficult, but they get them at home. Um, if you if you look at that final eight games, it's not that crazy to picture Illinois going seven and one there, or certainly six and two. And the thing is, is if you think about that, if they can get through that first portion at all, get some quality wins, avoid upsets, they're sitting pretty to to make the postseason. Um, keep John Gross around, and, and maybe most importantly, keep that recruiting class around from seventeen. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be the, the biggest thing there is uh, is that recruiting class. Because like you said, 
Um, you know, that, that bottom half of the schedule is, I mean, it, it, it's not a cakewalk, but it, you know, it has, its it'll, it'll have its difficult games in there. But, uh, like I said, at the top here, uh, you know, it, it's the big 10, there are tough teams in this, in this conference. Um, but keeping that recruiting class is big. Uh, I'm not in the minds of these kids, but we all know that Illinois had their off season troubles here too. And, you know, this, this might have some of these 2017, 2018 kids wondering, um, always having a coach on the hot seat, uh, it, it's tough for Gross to, to go into a kid's living room and guarantee him that, you know, he will be the coach there for, uh, you know, years to come because, you know, I'm sure he knows about the uncertainty. So, um, you know, finishing, starting the season strong will be so important because it looks like they're going to have the opportunity to finish strong. Um, and if they waste those first five, six games and you only come out with a win or two, um, it won't really matter. Uh, if they go seven and one, eight and zero, oh, six and two in those last, you know, um, be, because it all it all it all be for naught, and they, they'll already be out of it, um, you know, somewhere in mid January, uh, and, and also a lot of you know just just naturally by nature people covet what they what they last see. So to end the season on a high note um, for recruiting um, for uh, the committee when it comes down to picking teams for the post, um, you know, they're going to look at that and say, you know. When at the start, it, it got tough to get the ball rolling, but, you know, you finish strong, uh, and that'll be important. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's huge, and I, I think I, I've said this on BT Powerhouse before. I will continue saying it throughout the season. Illinois, to me, is the most interesting team in the Big Ten because yeah. they have they have all of this mix of good and bad, mix of so-so. It, it's so hard. They're so hard to read because – I, I wouldn't be shocked if they turned around. Suddenly they were they made the NCAA tournament easily. They bring in next year, and they're just churning for years. Wouldn't shock me in the slightest. It also wouldn't shock me if it went off the rails this year. John Gross fired the 17 class, you know, splits its ways, and Illinois has to essentially start over. Uh, neither one would surprise me, and that's what that's what makes it interesting for me. <laughs> but... Uh, but, yeah, um, one more team I wanted to hit on here uh, is Wisconsin. Um, I'm having trouble pulling up their schedule here, so I'll have to go through the, uh, the old uh, overall schedule, so it might be a, a bit delayed. But uh, Wisconsin, perceived by many as the front runners for the Big Ten, personally, I believe they're my number one team coming into this season, at least now. I haven't redone my, my preseason rankings, but right now Wisconsin's my number one team. Uh, starting off easy, they get Rutgers, and then the difficulty racks up a little bit with Indiana on the road. Um, Indiana on the road, and then they, uh, they go to Purdue, and then they get Ohio State at home. So very, uh, And then Michigan at home. So very, very gentle, gentle first game, theoretically. And then... Uh, straight into the difficulty. But the one good thing Wisconsin has going for it, very experienced team, returned pretty much everything from last year. Uh, everybody knows about their great run through Big Ten play through the NCAA tournament. So theoretically, if there's a team to get off to a fast start, it should be Wisconsin, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, in theory, like you said, they return everything. But it's um, this is a little bit different than teams who return a lot of players. Like last year we had Michigan who returned everything but we weren't really sure what they were returning. We weren't really sure what the talent was. Sometimes it's not great to return everything. 
Um, but with constantly you know what you're getting. They returned a lot of good players, um, you know. So theoretically, um, starting out with Rutgers is basically like it's essentially like getting another extending your non-conference schedule, I guess. And you know, a lot of these a lot of these teams like to schedule a softer non-conference schedule. So um, anything too crazy, but. Um, there's a lot of expectations with Wisconsin. It's not like there hasn't actually not a lot of expectations with Wisconsin. They're Wisconsin, um, but this is the first, at least be the first full season without Bo Ryan. Mm-hmm. So that'll be uh, that'll be interesting, and uh, you know it'll, it'll just be interesting to see how the the senior leadership, um, you know ha- how it how it takes over and helps some of these younger players like a, like a Hap uh, progress. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think. Um... One one other thing I wanted to note here about Wisconsin as well. I'm definitely in agreement with with pretty much everything you said. Uh, depending on your viewpoint, I, I think most people uh, would agree that as things currently sit, the Big Ten looks like a three team race. It looks like Indiana, Michigan State, Wisconsin, uh, or you know, I, I should include Purdue in there. Uh, I should give them credit. I, I think most people are picking those three and then Purdue, but Purdue does deserve its uh, its way in there. Um, but for me, um, I, I think those Indiana Wisconsin showdowns are going to be awesome. They've been awesome for years. You know, whether the actual titles decided on that, you know, like I said, MSU and Purdue are going to have their say in this thing as well. But uh, both of those matchups happen pretty early. Um, the first one, as I mentioned, is the second game for Wisconsin in conference play, um, and the return matchup, Indiana in Madison, will be February fifth on a Sunday. Um, you would assume a Sunday afternoon for that one, but, uh, you know, probably CBS or whatever. But I think uh, that that's a little interesting thing because usually the big, Ten, uh, Hey, we already talked about Maryland, um, but uh, <laughs> we um, usually the last weekend of the season is where they reserve all these massive matchups, you know, for the last couple of years, you know, you've got the member uh, in, you know, 2012, it was that great Ohio State-Michigan State showdown in East Lansing where uh, I'm trying to remember what happened at the end of the game, but Ohio State hits this huge shot. They win the game. Um, you had that Indiana-Michigan showdown in Ann Arbor in 2013. Um, 2014 was kind of a dud and 15 because Wisconsin and Michigan had won it pretty easily beforehand. But, um, you know, usually the last weekend of the season, they, they set all these major matchups. Um the only one that really pops out this year is Michigan State at Maryland, uh, which is on the last day of conference play. Should be a big one, obviously, but uh, you know, usually there are two or three of these ones, and I, you didn't really see that this year, so it could be a little bit of a, a dimmer um, last week of the season or so. But you know, we'll we'll see, we'll see. But um, but with that, I, I think I think we'll call it a call it a night here. Um, Ryan, any final thoughts on this? Any thoughts on? Uh, Getting into football season here too, which should be fun. Um, before we head out, any final thoughts? Uh, no, excited for football season. Uh, hoping to uh, make a trip to down to Ann Arbor uh, sometime this season. Hopefully in the uh, hopefully in the non-conference play because those in-conference tickets are uh, a little bit out of my price range. We'll, we'll just we'll just say uh, you know a little bit of an expensive buy. But no, I'm uh, I'm excited to get into football season. That will. Uh, you know, fill the void in my life until uh, college basketball starts up. Certainly. Yeah, certainly. I agree. I think uh, football season should be awesome. 
Big Ten kind of looks unpredictable this year, which it hasn't for the last couple of years, so at least, you know, give or take. But um, football should be fun. And then, you know, basketball, we should – our previewing for BT Powerhouse should start here in about three, four weeks or so. Um, the real mm-hmm. stuff starts cranking out. Excited about that. Also a little uh, – uh, Around little, 70, 80 days till we get going, so that's, uh, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, I'm pumped for it. Um, yeah, I, I don't have any other major thoughts here. Um, until we see some of the game times, I'm hoping to get out of, to a lot of these games. Um, should be a lot of fun. But thanks again. Thanks, Ryan. Only, only real. Oh, sorry. One more, sorry, one more thing. Yeah. Uh, the only real game I was looking at, um, just, just one I'm marking on my calendar here, will be Purdue at uh, Michigan State. I believe it's the 24th of January, which will be Caleb Swinning's return or his, his first appearance in East Lansing. And I'm sure the fans there have not forgot he was once uh, a commit there. So that'll be definitely something I like to uh, see, you know, the student sectional. I'm sure give him, I'll give him just, just some, some good fun, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that one should be a good one. I know um, uh, I believe Michigan's last game is against, home game is against Purdue. So they're yeah. seeing we'll have Spike Albrecht, uh, former Michigan player, now playing for Purdue. So kind of a, a fun, weird little tidbit with uh, basketball transfers here. Going <laughs> uh, crazy. But uh, all right, Ryan, thank you for joining us. Have a good one. Later. Thanks. <laughs>